0: Our New Testament lesson is from Luke's Gospel, if you will turn to that portion of God's Word, the 19th chapter beginning with the first verse. This is the very familiar story about Zacchaeus, one that we all know and sometimes one that we may not know as well as we could know. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, listen for God's Word. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. And they were listening to this. He went on to tell a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. This is the word of the Lord. Knowing scripture stories can be positive and can be negative. Knowing the scriptures can be positive because it provides a sense of comfort to us in times of grief and sorrow. Knowing scriptures can be positive because it will challenge us when we try to loaf along in this life. Knowing scriptures can be positive because it gives us a sense of morality and how to live and deal with people around us. But knowing scripture stories also can be negative because we already have our opinion of what that story is about. We already have a biased interpretation of what it means and so oftentimes it's hard to hear new news from these passages and particularly hard to hear the good news of the gospel in these passages. I think that's our case today with the story of Zacchaeus. One that we all know so well and one that we have learned for years. All of us that are Sunday school and vacation Bible school graduates know about Zacchaeus. We even know the Zacchaeus song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. I think the song is helpful to remember the story. But the song doesn't go anywhere near the kind of insight and depth that is in this particular story. And I just want you to know at the beginning, I believe that we are the Zacchaeus of today. That the Zacchaeus talked about in this story is really talking about each and every one of us. And so it's from that perspective that I share my insights about what this passage says. Zacchaeus was a man of means. Scripture says that he was a chief tax collector and a rich man. Fascinating about how taxes were collected in that day and time, Rome decided to quit collecting taxes. They didn't go out and send bills twice a year like we get from the city or from the county to pay our taxes. Instead, they contracted with individuals who became kind of regional tax collectors And Rome would say to Zacchaeus, we need X amount of money from this particular region. So Zacchaeus, being pretty innovative, hired some other tax collectors and gave them smaller areas and told them they needed to produce this much money from their region. What he didn't tell them was that he was asking for more money from their region than Rome was asking for. So he took a cut. But also these tax collectors under him took their cut. It was the most incredible pyramid scheme you have ever seen in your life. And Zacchaeus became rich, very rich, and very hated. We are rich people like Zacchaeus. Whether we got it from family, whether we got it from a business that we developed, whether we got it from a good investment, whether we got it from our own pyramid scheme everybody here at first church richmond are rich people and it looks good and it feels good and it's quite an image that we have to maintain or is it does our wealth provide us with meaning and purpose does our do our riches enable us to be happy Is our status in life something that gives us a sense of purpose and wanting to get up every morning? It didn't for Zacchaeus. And sometimes it probably doesn't do that for us either. One part of the story that I have missed until this past week was in verse 3. Shows my bias about scripture interpretation. It says Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. I've never noticed that before. But I believe it's really the turning point in this passage of scripture. And Zacchaeus spent incredible amounts of energy trying to see who this Jesus was. He had so many obstacles he couldn't keep up with them. The crowd was so great they weren't about to open the gates and let him through because it was their way to show how much they disliked him and so he couldn't see over the crowd. Plus, he was short in statues, so he couldn't look up and see what was going on. So what he did, because he was determined, he ran ahead of the crowd. Now, I'm told that in that day and time, someone of his position running ahead of the crowd was just out of character. You just didn't do that. Add to that the fact he climbed a tree, a sycamore tree one that had low branches and was easy to climb and lots of coverage in the leaves and so he could easily hide there if he wanted to. He must have been exhausted. All of that energy and determination to see who this Jesus was, which is exactly how I think we often do it ourselves. We decide that we're determined to see Jesus We decide that our spiritual life is missing and needs to go deeper. We decide that we want a deeper spiritual life and we're going to do whatever it takes to get to know Jesus. So we go to worship more than once a month. We get in a Bible study. We come on a committee in the church. We go on a mission trip. We even tithe our income and we pray four or five times a day, all of which is admirable. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But then we figure out if we just do one more thing, we'll see Jesus come round the bend. And nothing seems to work. And the reason it's not working is because we're going in the wrong direction. We think that somehow our efforts will help us deepen our spiritual relationship and quest with Jesus Christ. It doesn't work and we find ourselves headed in the wrong direction. Verse 5 gives us the clue. Jesus arrives under that sycamore tree, looks up in it, and says, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I must go to your house today. Jesus took the initiative. Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. Jesus initiated the relationship. Jesus knew him by name and wanted to be in relationship with Zacchaeus. Jesus is the one who took the initiative. My friends, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about our status or our position in life. It's not even about being predestined Presbyterians. It is about Jesus And the fact that Jesus is the one who's looking for us. Jesus invites himself into our lives. Jesus wants to be in our house this day. Jesus is eager to find out who we are. So all of our efforts to try to work ourselves into our salvation, all of our efforts to try to find Jesus are for naught, as they find us only in frustrating moments. One of the gems of this story is that Zacchaeus gives us permission to admit that we want to see Jesus. He declares that there's nothing wrong or inappropriate to acknowledge our spiritual hunger. There's nothing wrong to declare that I am spiritually dry. There's nothing wrong to declare I have spiritual needs. For too often we think we've got to make it look good too often we, need, we think we need to act like we've got all of our stuff together. Too often we project that our faith is fine and we don't need anything else. When in fact we wonder, where was God when my infant child died? Where was God when a very active member of the church contracted cancer and died at a very young age? Where is God about justice in this world when the races can't even get together and be in harmony with one another? Where is God where it looks like evil dominates every turn and twist in our society? Where is God when I want to feel closer to Jesus? Where was God when our family got financial difficulties and strains we never had before? It seems to me that in these times of honesty with God provide incredible opportunities for us to finally see Jesus. For Jesus to come into our lives. For Jesus to become real for us. It's times of spiritual and personal struggle that Jesus is often best experienced. That's what happened to Zacchaeus. He was hungry. And Jesus came to him And Jesus sought him out. Jesus may arrive wanting to stay at your house because of a friend who struggles with you in some difficulty. Jesus may arrive through a note that someone sent you or a phone call you received. Jesus may arrive through a Bible study that you've been a part of. He may have been there at the AA meeting this past week he may be here in the midst of this worship service for us on this day. For Zacchaeus was struggling to see Jesus and Jesus spoke to him and Zacchaeus finally heard. But the story doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there for the encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus caused him to repent and caused him to change his life. The story tells us that he graciously Gave half of his money to the poor, and if he had defrauded anybody, then he would pay them back four times, which was far out of custom for that day and time when you had done something wrong. He was going over and above his encounter with God with with other people because of his changed life in connection with Jesus. He had a new life, he had salvation. Which in verse 9 Jesus affirms, Today salvation has come to your house. To the house of a rich man. To the house of a sinner. To the house of someone despised by the whole community. The good news that salvation had come to his house. To him, someone who was not worth anything, is good news for us. That that same salvation is there for us. That same salvation is a gift for all of us whenever we encounter this Christ. It's for our lives to be changed. For one becomes generous when one encounters the Christ because you realize what life really is all about. I think this passage is very appropriate as we begin the fall generosity endeavors. For what we'll be talking about in the next month really isn't about money it's not about budgets. It's not about pledge cards. It really is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. As a young pastor years ago, I had no clue how to do a stewardship campaign. That's what we called it then. Now it's called generosity, but it's the same kind of stuff. So I went to a seasoned pastor and I said, what do I do? And Tom Kay, the seasoned pastor at First Presbyterian Church, Albany, Georgia If you're out of, not from that area, it's Albany because that's the way it's spelled. But if you're South Georgia, it's Albany. And they also eat pecans, not pecans. So it's a whole new experience for me to go to South Georgia. I thought it was on the mission field, but it was a good five years, but it was a challenging five years. They couldn't spell the word Presbyterian, but that's all right. There's more Baptists than there were people in that part of the world. So I went to Tom and I said, what do I do? And he was very clear. He said the stewardship season has nothing to do with money or with a budget. It has to do with your spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ. It has to do with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It has to do with deciding if I'm really going to be a disciple, how am I going to respond? That was foreign information to me. Because every year as a child growing up in a Presbyterian church, the fall campaign came and it was always give 5% more so we can make the budget or give $10 a week more or there was some numeric value tied to it. And Tom was very clear that that's not what it was about. And I think he was right. Which helps me with this story about Zacchaeus for you see with Zacchaeus, it was about his relationship with Jesus Christ that turned him around. Turned him around in ways he never thought it could be possible. And he experienced salvation. Salvation meaning he finally became whole and complete. That's my prayer for us here at First Church. That salvation comes to our house this day. Individually and as a congregation. And that salvation is not an insurance policy you cash in when you die. But it's a way to live life fully and completely right now. To become the person that God intended you to be. A person made in the image of God. A person willing to live in the image of God. Not to live the kind of life that your family wants you to live or that you have put upon yourself or that society says. But no, to become that image of God in which you can live fully and completely. As God intended for you to do. A life of joy and fulfillment and meaning. For God in Christ was incredibly generous. He gave his son's life. His life for us. So that we could have life. And have it abundantly. Fully and completely. A generous life that starts right now. In relationship with Jesus Christ. Become this year the new Zacchaeus, the converted Zacchaeus, and be part of that generosity that helps us find meaning and purpose and makes a difference in this world for the glory of God Almighty. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you our thanks, praise, and glory that you have called us to be your disciples, and you have given us a way in which to do that. Help us, O Lord, to, to see as you touch us and approach us, as you call us to be your disciples, so that we might live fully and completely for Christ's sake. Amen.